Good morning, everyone. Welcome. It's good to see everyone here today, and uh, we welcome everyone and, uh, and are looking forward to a great blessing of God as we worship the Lord together today. We welcome our guests especially today. You're very important to us. We're glad that you're here and hope that God will bless you in a special way. I'd like to remind everyone of our, of our attendance sheets in each row. We'd like to ask if you would, uh, if you wouldn't mind. Uh, filling those out and uh, so we could have a record of your attendance with us. We would certainly appreciate that and pass it down the row so others can do the same. And uh, I'd like, like to call to your attention um, some announcements that we have, some uh, things we have coming up. First of all, uh, you'll notice in your uh, bulletin that we have a couple of meetings today, our uh, basketball and cheerleading meeting. Uh, that has been canceled. We will not be having that today, but we were scheduled for church council at four. And since the basketball meeting has been canceled, we're going to move the church council to five. So the church, if you're part of the church council, we'll meet here at five instead of it at four o'clock this afternoon. Uh, also, some uh, it's been uh, some special days that we've had here lately, especially yesterday. Rachel Hobson, who graduated from USI yesterday. <laughs> Congratulations. You've uh, worked mighty hard for that. You've persevered and it's paid off, hasn't it? Way, way to go, Rachel. We're, we're proud of you. <laughs> uh, we have some things that are coming up uh, that we'd love for you to participate in. Next week, we will be celebrating Mother's Day. And it is our uh, tradition here as, well, it's our tradition for a lot of things. We celebrate Mother's Day by eating. Uh, and so we will be eating breakfast tomorrow, uh, uh, next week for Mother's Day, and the men will be preparing this breakfast. This is a church-wide breakfast. And uh, if you would like to help prepare for that, please see Bob Crafton, and uh, he will put you to work. And, uh, and then come and... That is right, isn't it? That is right, right? <laughs> yes, yes, okay. I thought he might be surprised by that. Uh, but also, uh, speaking of eating, hang around after church today. We, are, we will have a fellowship lunch, uh, and uh, we would encourage you to be a part of that and just join us in the fellowship and enjoy some of the best cooking in Henderson. Yes? It's church-wide for all mothers. <laughs> church-wide for all Mothers. <laughs> Mothers and others. I think, doesn't that mean everybody? <laughs> I know. I know what you mean. I know what you mean. We're celebrating Mother's Day with that. Uh, let me also bring you up to date. We want to do this at least once a month, but I want to bring you up to date on our debt reduction progress. Uh, through the month of April, we have paid an extra $33,865.75 to our debt principal. And uh, that means that that amount, that extra amount paid towards our principal will save the church somewhere around $7,200 over the next uh, 10 years of this loan. So thank you for that and keep, keep up the good work. We are we're making good progress towards this debt, so thank you for, for your participation in that. It is uh, good to be a part of a church with uh, common goals and a church that is bound together by the bond of love. And So let me uh, invite you now to stand, if you are able, and to share that love of Christ with the people around you.
It is all a gift, gracious and generous God. Tis a gift to be simple. Tis a gift to be free. Tis a gift to come down where you ought to be. You invite us to live simply, trusting in your goodness and generosity. We don't, we don't have to put on any fancy airs of being religious know-it-alls, and we don't. All we need to do is to know the voice and the presence and the heart of our Lord Jesus Christ. 
And whatever comes down the road of our lives, we know that your grace is, is sufficient. Your steadfast love will lift us up and sustain us over the long haul of our lives of faith and witness and service. And for that, we are grateful. We will not need any fancy titles or positions to impress others. When they see you in our loving words and deeds, that will be enough. You free us from all the chains of sin and pretense. And so we will walk tall in your Holy Spirit, bending down to no one but serving everyone in the name of Christ. You liberate our spirits that we might dream God-sized dreams for our lives and, and for your world. You focus our minds and our hearts that we might see and serve Jesus in every person we meet. We will not live with regrets for our past failures, but we will live in confidence in doing your will today. Free us, O God, that we may forgive and love even those persons who have brought us harm. Help us that we may probe the depths and the inspiration of your Holy Spirit so that our lives may become the instruments of love that you have called us to be. And wherever your Spirit leads us on your highway of life, help us to come down where you want us to be. Thank you, dear God. Thank you for this Spirit that guides us every blessed step along the way. Your way. Help us to be faithful followers. In your name we pray. Amen. Please be seated.
down, children. I heard Miss Tika say, look at all the kids. Well, hello. Come here. Come here and help me. You want to help me? No? Okay. All right. I think I'm going to have to stand up away from the microphone. How's everybody doing? Uh-oh. Okay. He's got it. All right, Adam, I'm sorry. I just keep walking in front of you. everybody doing? Good? Okay. Well, next week is Mother's Day. We get to eat again. But today we're eating after church, so you all be sure and stay. All right, I'm going to quiz you to see how, what kind of listeners you've been this morning. How's that? Is that fair? No. Okay, then I'm going to ask the first question to Wyatt. Oh, I'm not kidding you. All right. We always start um, on the bulletin. You guys don't usually have a bulletin in your hand, but we have an order. Just like I bet when you go to school in the mornings, you have to do bell work. You have to do bell work. You have to do something when you first go into the classroom. Sometimes you do. Well, sometimes we have to go in order of this bulletin, and that's what we're, what we're doing. So before I forget, it says Children's Moment, Mary Dunham. That would be me. And then Mr. Tim Hall is going to do a scripture reading. So you guys listen to the scripture. And then um, we'll have an offertory hymn. What's that mean, offertory hymn? We're going to give our offerings. What's offerings? What? Money. And then Miss Katie is your director. She's going to do the offertory prayer. So after we get finished with this children's moment, when y'all, will you all please just wait for uh, Miss Katie get, to get done praying, and then you're going to go upstairs, okay? All right. Now, we're going to talk about that song we did Well. Um, the first song we did, it was Tell the Good Sheep. They did listen. Very good. What kind of good news, Joe? What kind of good news do you want to tell this morning? We're getting a new puppy. That's, a, that's great good news. And you know what? That is, that's how our church family is. We love to tell good news about what's going on in our lives, too. But we also want to tell good news and tell good news about what our church does and how we can um, help people realize there is a lot of good news out there to tell. So why in the world do I have all this toothpaste up here? Anybody know? I do have bad breath. Because Marley, come here. Come here, Marley. Why would I have all this toothpaste? To tell the good news. Ah, thank you. And by the way, I saw your picture in the paper. That was pretty cool. I saw you and your daddy in the paper. Thank you, baby. You can sit down. To tell the good news, why in the world is toothpaste good news? Come here, Marley. <laughs> she is going to be a PR person. To brush your teeth. To brush your teeth. All right. Well, that is good news because we all do need to brush our teeth. But a little bit of sad news or bad news. In Henderson County... There are some people that may just not have enough money coming into their homes to be able to buy 
toothpaste or soap or shampoo or dish liquid. Now that's a little bit sad, but the good news is there are several places in our town that help people that may not have enough money coming in or they may have, you know, had something happen in their home like they're sick or uh, maybe they've lost a job or something like that. And you guys remember when, when I come up there with you, we'd always talk about Christian outreach, and that's where I work. So we have a lot of, a lot of volunteers that come in, and every day we try to help people in Henderson County. Now, the good news about why I'm showing you this toothpaste is because I, I love, love, love our church family. And why I love our church family, there's many reasons, but... Do you know um, when people come in the door and there's a, a jar sitting over there and we put change in it, and I think Miss Jika has a jar in her room, people put change and money in that. Do you know they? this church just gave Christian Outreach a check for $150 to help buy food and stuff? That's good news. Do you know um, all this month the people in this church have been collecting toothpaste so that we may share toothpaste with families in Henderson County that may not have enough money to buy toothpaste in their homes. Now, we did this every Sunday in the month of April. Now, I already took back uh, the first basket full to Christian Outreach, and then I've already counted this. Does anybody want to take a guess how many tubes of toothpaste? Yes, ma'am. How many tubes of toothpaste do you think I have there and here and that I've already taken back? There's no right or wrong answer. I'm glad you raised your hand. Come on, just give me a number. Let's let Wyatt answer this one. 72. You're very close. How about 95 tubes of toothpaste? That's pretty cool. That's good news, right? All right, in that, in that song it says, um, Christ still lives in the world today. Do you think the people of our church and many other churches in Henderson County um, act like Christ is in them every day? Think of that, listen to that question again. In that song it says, Christ still lives in the world today. Does Christ live inside of you? Uh-oh. Does Christ live inside of you? It's very simple. Tell me some ways that Christ might live inside of you. When you bring a tube of toothpaste to share with somebody, when you volunteer your time, when you serve God to be nice to each other, is that Christ living in you today? It surely is. Um, Now, the only other thing we have to decide right now is what, before he goes to sleep on the floor, What do we want to bring next month for families? So I'm going to have you all decide. Okay, just you kids. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. He may not want to vote. Okay, here's your two choices. Do we want to bring toothbrushes for the month of May? Or do we want to bring bars of soap for the month of May? Okay, this is what we're going to do. Think of your choice in your head. If you want to donate a fresh, clean toothbrush next month, raise your hand right now. Okay. Now, put your hand down, Marley. If you want to bring a bar of soap for people to share at Christian Outreach with other families, raise your hand. 
We had some that didn't even vote. What do you want to bring? Nothing? No, I'm just kidding you. All right. Come here, uh, Gray. You have to write on our sign. So Community Baptist Church, every Sunday in the month of May, after this Sunday, we're going to be bringing soap. So real big, would you write S-O-A-P, soap. I'm going to put it down so you can write on it. And that is just one word. Ooh, we might have to get a darker marker, but we'll, we'll fix that. That is one way we can have Christ live in us, and that's one way we can help others. Okay? Let's say a word of prayer. Dear gracious God, we lift these children up to you. God, sometimes we have a hard time guiding our children. We rely on you, God, to give us strength, strength to guide our children, to have them be more Christ-like so that we may all live together until we see you again. We ask your hand on our shoulders, and we ask this in your name. Amen. Good job, you guys. Okay, so I get to do the scripture again today. Uh, if you would, follow along. The scripture comes from the book of Acts, chapter 1, verse 1 through 11. In the first book, Theophilus, I wrote about all that Jesus did and taught from the beginning until the day when he was taken up to heaven after giving instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles whom he had chosen. After his suffering, he presented himself alive and to them by many convincing proofs, appearing to them during 40 days and speaking about the kingdom of God. While staying with them, he ordered them not to leave Jerusalem, but to wait there for the promise of the Father. Then he said, Is what you have heard from me for John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. So when they had come together, they asked him, Lord, is this the time when you will restore the kingdom to Israel? And he replied, It is not for you to know the times or the periods that the Father has set by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be witnesses in Jerusalem in all Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. When he had said this, as they were watching, he was lifted up, and a cloud took him out of their sight. While he was going, and they were gazing up toward heaven, suddenly two men in white robes stood by them, and they said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand looking up toward heaven? This Jesus, who has been taking up taken up from you into heaven, will come back in the same way as you saw him go into heaven. This is the word of the Lord.
Lord, you are within each of us. And I feel that in this church. Uh, every time I'm here, that your love shines through every human being here. And that is a beautiful thing. As we prepare to make decisions today, to give of ourselves to you, we pray that you, are keep, you will keep our eyes and hearts open. Um, Lord, continue to be with us as we make decisions for this church and for one another that you will be within us and guide us because we are not perfect and that is okay, but you are. In your heavenly name we pray, amen.
Don't you love music? (laughs) Thank you so much for sharing your music with us and reminding us why we praise Him. Uh, That's wonderful. Pastor uh, David Rousseau tells a great story on himself about what he calls one of his lowlights as a uh, high school football player. He says that he was a sophomore at the time, and he was put into the starting lineup for the very first time. The other team had the ball. It was fourth down. And so their punter went back to punt the ball when Russo knifed through the line and actually blocked the punt. The ball was bounding towards the 15-yard line in the direction of the opposing team's line, goal line. And, and so this was potentially an easy score for Russo's team. And, of course... Since he was the one who blocked the kick, Rousseau himself was the closest to the ball, but for some reason he just stopped. He froze. He, he stared at the ball and he thought to himself, this, this thought was going through his head that, hey, I blocked the punt. Our offense will take over now and score. And then as he was thinking these thoughts over the thoughts in his head, he heard the coach's voice shouting, don't just stand there, get the ball. What was he thinking? He could have scored a touchdown, but he didn't. He just stood there marveling at the fact that he had blocked the punt. And when he finally did what he should have been doing all along and went after the ball, the punter got to it first and recovered it. David notes that those same words that his coach shouted to him under those Friday night lights are framed in a question that two angels asked Jesus' disciples when they were standing there marveling at Jesus ascending back to be with his Father before their very eyes. And that question is, why are you just standing there looking into the sky? Let's consider this story in a little more detail this morning. The first thing that we need to know is the the book of the Acts of the Apostles was written by the same person who wrote the Gospel of Luke. And the book of Acts begins like this. In my former book, Theophilus, I wrote about all that Jesus began to do and to teach until the day he was taken up to heaven. Now, Stop right there. We don't know who this Theophilus fellow is. Uh, There's only one other instance in the Bible where he is mentioned, and that was in the Gospel of Luke at the very beginning of the Gospel, like here at the beginning of Acts. And he was only mentioned in passing, just like in this passage. However, we do know how he got his name, Theophilus. Obviously, when he was born, his mother and father took one look at him and said, that's the awfulest looking baby I've ever seen. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) You know, some things you just got to (laughs) do. And I'm just kidding, of course. But for for your uh, information and edification, the name Theophilus literally means a lover of God. So that's good. It's a good thing. Then Luke continues, and he says, 
After Jesus' suffering, he presented himself to the, to the disciples and gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. He appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke about the kingdom of God. On one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command, Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift that my Father has promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized you with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Then they gathered around him and asked, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? And he said to them, It is not for you to know the times or the dates the Father has set by his own authority. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. After he said this, he was taken up before their very eyes. And a cloud hid them from their sight. They were looking intently into the sky as he was going when suddenly two men dressed in white stood beside them. Men of Galilee, they said, why do you stand there looking into the sky? This same Jesus who has been taken from you into heaven will come back in the same way you have seen him go. In other words, these two men dressed in white were saying to the disciples, don't just stand there, get the ball. You know, it's pretty easy for us to make fun of these disciples. I mean, after all, there were many occasions when they seemed to be utterly clueless. But to be honest with you, I don't think any one of us would have done any better. I mean, think about it. These disciples were witnessing events that had never, ever happened before in human history. Their leader and their friend had been crucified. They had seen him hanging on the cross. They laid him in the tomb. Then he was raised from the dead. And now he's flying up in the air like Superman to be with his father. And they were stunned. Go figure. And just like David Rousseau was was when he blocked that punt during his first varsity football game, they didn't know what to do. How were they supposed to react? It would be about ten days later on the day of Pentecost when the Spirit would descend upon upon them and, and the veil would be lifted from their eyes and they would finally get it. And at that time they would become the dynamic ambassadors of Christ that He had intended for them to be. But this... Christ's ascension, this was just one more step in the pilgrimage of discovery which began with their original call in Galilee to follow Jesus, moved on up through Jesus' teachings and crucifixion and resurrection, and now to this moment when he was taken up before their very eyes. And so there they stood looking up not knowing what to do, not knowing what they're supposed to do next. Clueless. So let's consider for a few few moments some of the things that these disciples were clueless about as they stood there looking into the sky. 
First of all, they were clueless about the impact that they could have on the world. I mean, after all, these, these were just a bunch of fishermen and tax collectors. Most of them were from the backwoods of a land occupied by the mighty Roman Empire. They were uneducated. They were unsophisticated, nobodies, and they had no way for their message to go viral. The Apostle Paul described people like them in 1 Corinthians when he said, Brothers and sisters, think of what you were when you were first called. Not many of you were wise by human standards. Not many were influential. Not many were of noble birth. But God chose the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. And God chose the weak things of the world to shame the strong. And God chose the lowly things of the world and the despised things and the things that are not to nullify the things that are so that no one may boast before him. You see, these disciples were a lot like you and me. I mean, we're good folks, but we're just folks. And what can we do to change the world? Well, the truth is that we can do a lot more than we think we can do. Just by being kind, decent, caring people. You would be amazed at what you could do just by doing that. There was a story that made the headlines a while back about a man named Herbert Worth. Herbert had died, and nobody seemed to notice. A local minister prepared himself for a short funeral service. The funeral director told him that Herbie didn't have any family. <clears throat> he was a door-to-door salesman, sold dishcloths and other household items, and made a decent living. He was enough to keep a roof over his head and he mostly kept to himself, but, but occasionally he would do small favors for his neighbors and his customers, like raking up their leaves or delivering their paper. And, and many of their, his customers bought from him out of habit. Some bought out of pity. But as his customers and acquaintances read Herbie's obituary in the morning paper, each one of them reflected on this unassuming man. Neighbors swapped stories about the small acts of kindness that Herbie had done for them. Housewives recalled his dependability in, in, in making his rounds. And they said to one another, he has nobody. Isn't that sad? I think I'll go to his funeral. And so that is how it came to be that on a cold February morning in 1971, over 1,000 people crowded into the Crown Hill Cemetery in Indianapolis to attend Herbie Worth's funeral. This modest door-to-door salesman never would have imagined how many people's lives he influenced. And in the same way, these disciples, 2,000 years ago, had no earthly idea that their lives would ever amount to anything. In their minds, they were just a bunch of humble, uneducated peons. 
And so it was no wonder that they stood there staring up in the sky, stunned by what they had seen, because they were clueless about the impact that their lives could have on the world. But there was a second thing that they were clueless about. You see, they were also clueless about Christ's plan for the world. Christ was leaving them physically, but he did that so that the Holy Spirit would come upon them and empower them to be more than they could possibly be on their own. I ran across a, um, a quirky uh, statistic not long ago, and this may help us understand why Christ had to leave his disciples. This statistic is about, of all people, that late great rock and roll legend, Elvis Presley. I read that at the time of Elvis's death, there were only 48 known Elvis impersonators. When he died, there were only 48 known Elvis impersonators. And today, there are an estimated 35,000 Elvis impersonators. Told you it was a quirky statistic. (laughs) And you'll find them all over the world. But think about it. As long as Elvis was alive, there was no need for, for impersonators, was there? We could see the real thing. But after his death, there was an explosion of people who could bring his style of performance to any community. And so, at the ascension, Christ's body was carried away by a cloud into the sky. And yet the New Testament teaches us that Jesus continues his ministry even today. So does that mean that he does it without a body? No. Because you see, the Bible also clearly tells us that we are the body of Christ in the world. You and me, God's people. We are intended to fulfill the role of Christ impersonators, if you will. We are to incarnate Christ's love to the point that that people in our community will know that God's Spirit is still alive. And that's Christ's plan for establishing God's kingdom in this world. And as we have noted many times before, it is when we incarnate the love of Christ in our lives that we best bear witness for Christ And that is God's plan for us. He says it right here, to be witnesses in Judea and and, uh, in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and even to the ends of the earth. Now, that does not mean that we go out and we buttonhole people in the streets and demand that they tell us if they're saved or not. That's that's offensive, folks. Don't do that. And And generally, it's not very effective either. And it doesn't mean standing on the, court, on the street corner and telling people, well, just publicizing all their sins. <laughs> Instead, what it means is that we are to genuinely love people with our hearts. And we are to genuinely demonstrate that love for them with our deeds. Pastor Kent Crockett tells about a lady who had a dog who was sick. And so every day she tried to force 
a spoonful of medicine down that dog's throat. But the dog didn't like it too much. That dog, every time she tried to do that, dog, the dog would resist and clamp those jaws down as tight as he could and, and try to pull away. And then one day she accidentally knocked the bottle over and the medicine spilled out on the floor. And you know what that dog did? He went over and lapped up the medicine on the floor, just started lapping it up. Crockett said that dog hadn't been resisting the medicine. It was resisting the method that the owner was using to get the dog to take it. He didn't like it being forced down his throat. Well, that's the way it is with the way we share the good news of Jesus Christ. Any method that we use besides authentic love in our hearts and love in our deeds, any method beside that is will only be misunderstood and resisted. And so on the day of ascension, the disciples were clueless about the impact that they could have on the world. And one reason they were clueless about that impact that they could have on the world is because they were clueless about Christ's plan for the world and their part in it. And then finally, they were clueless about what the Holy Spirit could do through them. You see, the Holy Spirit working through them could turn this world upside down. The Holy Spirit working through them could bless literally millions of people over the next 21 centuries. You know, we don't talk enough about the Holy Spirit in churches these days. And it's probably because many people have mistaken all kinds of emotional activity for the movement of the Holy Spirit. But let me tell you something. The infilling of God's Holy Spirit is is no more nor anything less than the infilling of the love of Christ pouring into our lives and enabling us to reach out to others with that same kind of love. It has nothing to do with body shaking or falling to the floor or ecstatic utterance or anything like that. And don't misunderstand me because I don't want to dismiss those who experience those kinds of things as a part of their their faith. God comes to people in different ways. But the Holy Spirit is simply God's Spirit, Christ's Spirit. The essence of who they are coming into our lives and enabling us to live like Jesus. And as the scripture teaches us, God is love. And so the spirit that Christ promised his disciples and to each of us is a spirit of love. When the Holy Spirit of God enters into our lives, we cannot help but to be affected by it. The whole point of the Holy Spirit of God is to be the guiding force for all that we do. Someone has noted that a huge horse, even a Clydesdale, can be controlled by a small bit in its mouth. A huge ocean liner like the Queen Mary II, whose facilities include 15 restaurants and bars and five swimming pools and a a casino and a ballroom, a theater, and the first planetarium at sea. Even a huge ship like that can be steered by a small rudder. 
that keeps the ship on course. (coughs) A horse can be turned by a small bit. A great ship can be turned by a small rudder. And in the same way, whatever is in your heart is the guiding factor of your life. And do you know what that means? That means that if your heart is empty, then you're simply going to go stumbling around from here to there and your life will have very little impact on anyone else. But on the other hand, if you have opened your heart to the Spirit of Christ and if you have, if you have, had, have allowed that Spirit to fill you with Christ's love, then you will have an impact on everyone you meet. Men of Galilee, the two men in white said, why are you just standing there looking into the sky? Don't just stand there. Get the ball. Well, it doesn't say exactly that, but something like it. And I think that what God is saying to us today is this. Don't be clueless like those disciples at Christ's ascension. Your life can have an enormous impact upon the world. In fact, that's God's plan for you, to have an enormous impact on the world. God's Holy Spirit, Christ's Holy Spirit, the power of God's love can change the world through you. So what God is asking of you today is this. Open your heart to the Spirit of Christ. Become impersonators of Jesus. Love the people around you unconditionally, just like Jesus did, and see what happens. It's time to quit staring at the sky. Pick up the ball and let's run with it. Amen. Amen. Let's sing some let's sing some soul music. Five seventy. Lord lay some soul upon my heart. Come on, let's go. <laughs>
going to eat in just a moment. Are there directions? Do we have uh, any instructions here? Or start on this end. Start on this end. Are we? Are we Start on this end, go down two sides, and uh, there are plates there. Are we ready? Every, we're ready. Everything is out. Everybody's invited. Enjoy. Let us, let us have our benediction. Let us go forth from here in the power of the ascended Christ who said, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations. Let us go with the presence of the ascended Christ who said, I'm with you always. And let us go with the purpose of the ascended Christ who assures you that he will confirm the message in the lives of all who hear as we present that message in a spirit of God's love. Go with God's spirit as your guide and follow. And God bless the food that we are about to enjoy and the wonderful, beautiful, great fellowship that accompanies, accompanies it. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Yeah, no.
Sassy, Sassy, 